0: hi there how you doing guys hope you all have an amazing weekend i want to tell you welcome 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 again to snad podcast i'm your favorite host olivato and i want to say welcome again all right so in our last episode we were talking about speech language development and speech language this other, and we mentioned part of um the type of speech language disorder that we have we mentioned stuttering we mentioned apraxia of speech and you know like um, in the last episode we were talking about type of stuttering but we did not finish it we'll stop at the neurogenic stuttering so let's go right into today's episode all right so in today's episode i'll be talking about the other type of stuttering and then we we'll talk about the other type of speech language disorder so another type of stuttering that we have is psychogenic stuttering and this type of um stuttering is caused by emotional trauma and it's always considered very rare yeah it's very very rare maybe like one in in many so it's very rare another type of stuttering is functional stuttering and this one is very funny so this type of stuttering is vain for instance or um, some um, it's vain for someone maybe probably someone can fake it like fake it maybe probably due to financial for financial gains or for pity for pity party to gain attention from people so that's why we call it functional torturing it's just for a reason it's it's vain it's not real yeah so what are the causes of torturing I, I, if you're asking yourself what are the causes so there are many causes of stuttering. It can be as a result of one, or it can be a result of combination of factors such as um, genetics, language development, environment, brain structure and function, and you know this type, um, these factors can be inf- can influence the speech of a person who stutters. Genetics can influence its language development, the environment, brain structure and function as well. So let's move on to the strategies to maintain stuttering. What are the strategies to maintain stuttering? You know that I won't leave you without giving you what you can actually do on your own. So what are the strategies? The first one is provide a relaxed home environment that allows many opportunities for the child to speak and this includes setting aside time to talk to one another especially when the when your child is excited and has a lot to say so create a relaxed home environment where you can have time to talk to them have a one-on-one conversation with them another strategy is listen attentively when the child speak and focus on the content of the message rather than responding to how it is said or interrupt or uh, interrupting the child so i I have I have a staff that works in a school and you know she was um, she had a child in a in her class that that stutters a lot and this is not just um, just the minor one it's a major stutter that you know if she wants to say maybe someone maybe she wants to say auntie she will just be like ah when she do the ah she will keep checking her leg checking her, and when she wants to say the remaining auntie she have to jump forward to say the remaining auntie. You know, and I was like, oh, she was like, because of that, it's time taking. Most of the time, they know what they want to say, so they part to complete. I said, but I said, no, give her time to speak. What she to to say whatsoever she need to say. Don't be in a hurry. Take your time. Like be patient with her as well. Another strategy is speak in a slightly slow and relaxed manner this is for the people that stutter as them, the themselves this can help reduce time pressures the child may be experiencing yes so another strategy is listen attentively when the child speaks and wait for him or her to say the intended words don't try to complete the child's sentences also help the child learn that person that communicates successfully someone can communicate successfully um even when stuttering occurs yes let them know that you can communicate successfully it might be slow you might have to take your time but you can communicate successfully yes another um strategy is talk openly and honestly to a child about stuttering. if he or she brings up the subject let the child know that it's okay for someone for some disruption to occur yes let them know it's okay even we ourselves that does not start that we talk expressly. There are some things that sometimes you are lost of words, sometimes to the environment, you just you are just you are just there and you know you are trying to you are having a little destruction in your in your words. So let them know it is okay for them to have some destruction when they are trying to talk. So that is that on the strategy. So what are stuttering therapies? What are the therapies that you could do for anybody that's taught us? So um, the session I plan to uh, this this session I plan to help stutterers to focus on helping them learn ways to minimize stuttering when they speak. So, what are these therapy? The first one is speak more slowly, speak more slowly, take your time, don't be in a rush, don't be in a rush. So, another one is regulating your breathing. So, you take a deep breath in, deep breath out, regulate it. Another um stuttering therapy is. Is gradually processing from single syllables response to longer words and more complex sentences don't be in a rush i know you want to have your child say everything at once let them take it single syllable then you go to the second to maybe two syllable then you know longer longer that, longer words and then before you have complex words gradually it's a step-by-step thing don't be in a rush and another stuttering therapy i would also give is address the anxiety a stutterer may feel in certain speaking situations. so you have a child that stutters and the child is very good and probably they want to have a speech in their class address the anxiety the child might likely have to face on the stage might be stage fright might be maybe she's shy or he or she is shy or you know the child can just be lost of addresses before that time comes so those are the um, stuttering therapy that you could have we have much more but they are quite practical so from here we'll move to the next speech language disorder which is apraxia of speech so what is apraxia of speech apraxia of speech we can also call it aos it's also known as apraxia of speech verbal apraxia or childhood apraxia of speech Is a speech sound disorder. Individuals with AOS have trouble saying what they want to say correctly and consistently. AOS is a neurological disorder that affects the brain pathway that are involved in planning the sequence of movements involved in producing speech. The brain knows what it wants to say but cannot properly plan and sequence the required speech sounds movements. AOS can. AOS is not caused by weakness or paralysis of the speech muscle. So, which are the, the speech muscle are the um the jaw, the tongue, and the lips. So, weakness or paralysis of speech muscle results in a separate speech disorder, known as known as dysarthria. Some individuals have both dysarthria and ap- apraxia of speech, which can make diagnosis of the two condition more difficult. So, some people have that too. Uh, to, um, Two kind of speech disorder they can have um um this and apraxia of speech and when you have these two together it will be very very difficult to diagnose so let's go let's move on the severity of aos varies from one person to other so it's not always the same it varies from one person to another person it can be so mild that it, it can be so mild that it cause trouble with only few speech sounds with pronunciation of words that may have syllables so that that is just that you you can have it okay probably it is just a particular um, speech that person cannot pronounce or a particular um syllable the person can probably be long syllables and you know be having issue with just words with two syllables in most severe cases individual with AOS might be able to communicate effectively by speaking and may need the help of alternative communicating method communication method yeah so what are the type of apraxia of speech so there are two main type of AOS we have the acquired apraxia of speech and we have the childhood Apraxia of speech. So acquired AOS can affect invi- individual at any age. So it's acquired, like it's not that the person had it from birth. Maybe probably due to any reason. So um, acquired AOS can affect any individual at any age. Although, although it's most typically it's most typically occurs in adults. Acquired AOS is caused by damage to the part of the brain that are involved in speaking and involve. Loss of impairments of existing speech ability. So the person can speak before the person does not have that, but maybe it happened as a result of maybe probably a brain injury and the part of the brain is affected. So what are the causes of acquired apraxia or speech? The causes are stroke, head injury, tumor or other illness affecting the brain, and then acquired acquired AOS may occur together with other conditions that's that are caused by damage of nervous system yes so from here let's move to childhood apraxia of speech so childhood we know that oh, this person already had it from birth so childhood aos is present from birth the condition is also known as developmental apraxia of speech developmental verbal apraxia or articulatory apraxia so it can be any of those three. Childhood AOS is not the same as developmental delay in speech, in which a child follows the typical path of speech development, but does, do, does so more slowly than is typical. So what are the causes of childhood apraxia of speech? The um, the causes of childhood AOS are not well understood, yes, but genetic factors may play a role in the disorder. That is, um, children with um, apraxia of speech often have family members who have that history? Yes, history of communic- communication disorder or learning disability. So it's genetics. Apart from that, we cannot still really, really um, place the causes of childhood AOS. So what are the symptoms of AOS? The starting sounds. Distorting sound is one of the symptoms of AOS. So, individuals with AOS may have difficult pronouncing some words correctly. Sounds, especially vowels, are often distorted. Because the speaker may not place the speech structure, e.g. the tongue and the jump, they are not in the right um, position. It, it's not well placed. So, uh, quite in the right place. So, the sounds come out very wrong. Another one is disruption in um. Uh, another one is longer or more complex words are usually harder to say than the shorter or simpler words um another one also is sound substitution may also occur when aos is accompanied by apraxia yeah making inconsistent errors in speech for example individual with aos may say difficult words correctly but then have trouble repeating it or may be able to say a particular sounds one day and have trouble with the same sound the next day so I have experienced a lot you parents say that oh boy he can say that it's he, he, he pronounced this thing yesterday he did that and did that and, you know the next day the child cannot say that so those are some of the symptoms of apraxia or speech um grouping for sounds Individual with AOS often appear to be grouping the right words, the right sound or word, and may try saying a word several times before they say it correctly. Um, making error in tone, stress, or rhythms. Another common characteristic of AOS is the incorrect use of prosody. Prosody is the rhythm and um, is the rhythm and inflections of speech that is used to help express meaning. Individuals who have trouble with prosody might use equal stress, segment labels in words, omit labels in words and phrases, or pause inappropriately while speaking. So these are the characteristics or symptoms of um, AOS. So from here, we move on to specific language impairment. This is also another type of speech language disorder specific language impairment, also known as sli specific language impairment is a diagnosis is a diagnose in children with disorder or delay or delayed language development without any reason for the disorder or delay in children with this disorder there are specific delay in the mastery of language skills without other development developmental delay or hearing loss other names of this disorder include developmental Dysphasia, which is DD, which is um which is frequently referred to as language delay or developmental language disorder. Developmental language disorder are among the most common learning disorder in children. Approximately five to seven percent of all children of all children age for age four to twelve years old have this disorder. So that is the statistics approximately that I can give. So what are the effects of Specific language impairment. What are the effects? The first one is the child does not have the same speech skills as the other As other children of the same age because his or her speech skills are delayed so the second one is children with SLI fail to acquire their native language properly or completely despite having normal nonverbal intelligence a lack of hearing problem a lack of known neurological dysfunction and a lack of behavioral emotional or social problem the next one is disruption in in children's social life and separates children from their contemporaries which can create a specific social barrier so the last one is sli affects a child's speaking listening reading and writing yes it affects other parts of their speech, both speaking, listening, which also involve the hearing, reading, and then writing. So, what are the symptoms of specific language impairment? What are the symptoms? One of the symptoms are, sorry, one of the symptoms is history of being a late talker. So, reaching spoken language a milestone, you know, they take time later than their peers. Another one is be late to put words together into sentences struggle to learn new words and make conversation the next one is have difficulty following direction not because they are stubborn but because they do not fully understand the words spoken to them the next one is make frequent grammatical error while speaking the next one is limited use of complex sentences and um, difficulty finding the right word also difficulty understanding figurative language and um, they have reading problems disorganized storytelling and writing and the last one is frequent grammatical and spelling error what are the causes of specific language impairments so the cause of SLI is unknown but recent discovery suggested that it has a strong genetic link. Children with SLI are more like are more likely than those without SLI to have a parent or sibling who have had difficulties and delaying in speaking. In fact, 50 to 70% of children with SLI have at least one family member with the disorder. So, you don't just... I have seen some parent pounce on their child because probably they have a particular learning disability or... Or one um, developmentally or the other without knowing that it's not these children's fault someone in the family had it is genetically linked so you don't need to do all that to them um from here we we'll move to the next speech language disorder which is semantic pragmatic language disorder semantic pragmatic language disorder, that we can call it spld pragmatic refers to using to using language in proper context for example it's important for a child to develop the ability to use language differently when playing with um, say a younger child versus a teacher so they, they, they use the use of their language they, they should understand it and semantic pragmatic language disorder is characterized by difficulty with the use of language in social setting the individual also have difficulty understanding the meanings of words and phrases, particularly idioms and abstract concepts. so you're already wondering oh i maybe probably see a child that could not understand as well and you are like what's really going on so it's that is just what we call it somatic pragmatic language disorder so what are the symptoms of spld behavior so if i say spld we know it's semantic pragmatic language disorder some of the symptoms of spld are very similar to the classic symptom of autism spectrum disorder Children with SPLD tend to first exhibit limit imagination, and they do they do not readily join in or, or in a pretend play. You know, it's a social social setting issue, so they don't join in in a pretend play. Like when we are just oh, let us pretend as if I'm the mother I'm the they don't join in into that. They may not display em- empathy, and they typically prefer to, th- to be by themselves rather than playing with other than playing with others. Um, they don't they don't like to make eye contact and they throw temper tantrum frequently. So you could see that all these symptoms they are even just similar to a child that have autism. So sometimes you might just need diagnosis and that's why we said get the right diagnosis, get to know what is going on. So what are the symptoms of so that is just SPLD behavior. So what are the symptoms of XPLD language? So um, semantic, pragmatic language, so that adds a behavior, and it also adds the language aspect of So what are the symptoms? The child or individual has difficulty understanding the meaning behind words or phrase. For example, if a picture book about unicorn is read to the child, he or she may understand that the unicorn likes to eat grass, but fail to grasp the meaning behind the larger story. For example... For example, yeah, the child or individual is unable to understand a subtle nuance of language like sarcasm or autism. He or she may not understand the concept of hyperbole. Irony or line, they can they might not understand it. Yeah, so the child or individual cannot interpret body language, face, facial expression. So, however, the child is typically able to process very direct language. So, you just give them, but those kind of child or individual, maybe imagine the way our, our parent used to do. <laughs> Then, when they want to talk to you, probably while in friends or a visitor, and don't tell you to leave the place, they don't need to say, Oh, yeah, I'll leave this place. All you just need to do is give a body language or just a facial expression. For a child that had um, semantic, pragmatic language, so that you are on your own, you do that facial expression, body expression, until you give them a direct message. They don't get to understand that. The child or individual have difficulty with his or her memory and requires a great deal of routine to um, and predictability in his or her life. The child or individual often repeats what he hears. It is called echolalia. Yeah. So when you say something like, uh, I have to to okay. "How are you?" They say, "How are you?" Say "fine." They will say, "Say fine." So that's repeating what you say, and it is called echolalia. Some people call it echolalia, the pain, echolalia, yeah. So, the child or individual exhibits expressive questioning. Yes, because they don't understand what they say, they, they question you. Because they don't understand, they want to try and understand. Oh my God, my podcast is getting long today. Alright, I will stop you and we'll continue the rest some other time. And the last symptom is the child or individual has problem expressing feeling and problem staying on the topic they often they often digress on whatsoever thing you are talking about like they they find it very difficult to to express to express their feeling or, or and and staying on a particular topic for a longer time we still have some um type of no let me just finish it all right? so the last one is um the last type of speech language disorder is social of when it's social we have pragmatic communication disorder this is scd so scd is diagnosed based on difficulty with both verbal and non-verbal social communication skills and this include one the child or individual has difficulty responding to others the child or individual at this had difficulty using gesture maybe like waving or pointing the child or individual have difficulty taking turns when talking or when playing they have difficulty in all those aspects the child or individual has difficulty talking about emotion and feelings. The child or individual have difficulty staying on a topic. The child or individual has difficulty adjusting speech to fit different individual situations. So for instance, talking differently to a young child versus talking um versus an adult or lowering one voice in a library. They don't know how to do that. You know, you when you are in the library, you are supposed to lower your tone. They don't know how to maneuver that um that rather not to adjust it the child or individual have difficult difficulty asking relevant questions or responding with related ideas during conversation the child or individual has difficulties using words for a variety of purposes, such as greeting individuals making comments asking questions making promises and so on and so forth the child or individual has difficulty making and keeping friends yes they have difficulty making and keeping friends and that is our will come to the end of speech language development and speech language disorder i've tried all my best to make sure that i touch every part of um speech language um development and speech language disorder that we have if you have any question please feel free to send me a dm um on my whatsapp 00363. Three two zero four five. You can also check me out on Instagram. at Pretty Mayflower. You check out to Kazim. Um, you as y'all know. <laughs> I work with Zest Academy, so you can check us out also on Instagram at Zest Academy one Our website is www.zestacademy.org.com. Thank you so much for staying true. Please, let's work together. Let's help our children. They can become better. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your joy. Everything will become better. And try as much as possible to seek help early. Please seek help early. Early intervention is very key. They can live the normal life they ought to live. So please, it depends on you. You are the one that will make that choice for them. Thank you so much. If you have someone that needs to hear this kindly share the link, let them hear it. And I'm ready to take in your question. Thank you so much and you have a great day. Bye. To welcome you again to another episode of snat podcast this is called the snat exclusive and you know i i posted it earlier that we'll be having the presence of mrs doton akonte the founder and the director of patrick speech and language center so right before i call her in i would love to introduce her by reading a bio to every one of us all right so mrs Dotu akonte is the founder and director of patrick speech and language center ikeja lagos it's it can rightly be said that she revolutionized the Autism Awareness Campaign in Nigeria. Today, Patrick Stan tall as the Pioneer Special Needs Center for Education of Children with Autism, offering services such as speech, occupational, music, and behavioral therapy. The center also offer social skills building, um, social skills building and play therapy using best practices. Mrs. Dotun Akonde with her cerebral team has successfully worked with and integrated over 50 children into mainstream school system and and has given employment to four adults with autism even as she plans a new school facility that that can accommodate and help more children and adults. She qualified as a behavior analyst from the Florida Institute of Technology, USA. She is an advanced certified autism specialist, ACAS, with Patrick being the first Nigerian autism center to be registered with the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standard, IBCCES. She holds a diploma in school leadership from the Lagos Business School. Mrs. Dotun Akonte, a Cherry Blair mentee, was also the Visco woman for the year 2015 to 2017, an honor bestowed on her for the contribution she made to the growth of autism awareness and management in Nigeria. Mrs. Dotun Akonde has also featured in the first Assets Bank PLC, W Power of 100, and Wimbees inspired m- me to Future, featuring leading Nigerian women who has excelled in their various endeavours. Her desires for continuous learning and improvement led her to enrol in the John Maxwell Leadership Program to enable her to continue her national advocacy for the, for the differently able. Mrs. Dotun Akondé is happily married with three children and join me to welcome Mrs. Dotun Akondé. I'm fine ma. Yes ma. Ma, thank you so much for this opportunity. I want to say I'm oh, grateful. God bless you ma. Thank you so much for all you do for humanity. God bless you. Ma. Thank you. So you do, ma. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine ma. I'm very fine ma. Thank
1: you. our children
0: Thank you ma. Alright, so today we said we'll be talking about supporting parents and um, early intervention and the reason why i really want us to talk about this is because um just my few time in the field i've noticed that there are a lot of misconception especially for the parents when they already get to know that they have a child with special needs any form of special needs and i've, I've actually noticed that sometimes they tend to go to the wrong place and they get wrong information and i feel like the earlier you get to know the right information i think that helps you to become better for your child and even for yourself as well so i just want us to talk about that and i just have few questions that we just want you to talk about so before we go ahead i would love that you just tell us tell us about your journey so far thank you man okay, okay. thank you very very much god bless you Amen. um my own
1: personal experience so I mean, I studied economics in university. I was working in the bank. I actually worked in a uh, stockbroking firm for about, um, before I moved on to you know, So when my son was diagnosed, and then I saw that, um, nobody knew what it was. Hmm. I mean, I started out by writing in the magazines. Hmm. Then, city people of that time. So when we, we started to write in the magazine the response that came out from that write-up was alarming uh, wow. and amazing. And the words that came out from him, he said, my son has been in the house for the past uh, seven or eight years. Nobody knows I have a child that has a, a challenge. You know. So I just said, so that means not, I'm not the only one that's going through this. So I decided to set up packets at that point went on to open the center and when we open the center we know, from all the people that have been commenting on your writings and everything i thought the minute i open the center the center would be full of people for mm. who we had nobody
0: mm.
1: about six months maybe we had just about seven children people were coming on you come check it out wow Then they would go oh this because nobody wanted to be associated with yes yes what you wanted to admit that oh my child has. They could admit to you one on one, but uh, where everybody will come and be seeing their children? No, they don't want to. They want their children in mainstream school. Mm. Everybody wants to be in, in regular school, and you can't blame them. You know, the stigma is very high in that instance. I mean, even at that time, the, sti- the stigma was so bad that some people will say, "Oh, there's something wrong with my child finding it difficult." Okay, those people that said that there's nothing wrong with that child, the children are now turned into adults now. Mm. They are still young. So you can imagine if they had brought children early, those that came early at that time, those that brought their children early, I can tell you that 70% of those that brought their children early at that time, the children did very well. They are all doing great in different areas of strength. Wow. They all have one thing or on the other There, They may not be um, in the university doing great work, but they are coping. Some of them are in school. some of them are in you won't believe it. One of them speaks three languages.
0: Wow. speaks
1: English, speaks French, uh, speaks Dutch, speaks German. This is a boy that came to us that was not speaking. So you can imagine the level that some children would have been if they had accepted early. They found help early. The right help. They said it's the right. the They put the wrong places. Mm-hmm. If they find the right help early, the turnout is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And another thing I want to say is that the journey is not a sprint. It does not end. It goes on. Just like every child you have, the journey in your child never ends until the day you pass away. Mm-hmm. But the journey goes on. There will be challenges, you will find ditches, you will find bridges, you will find heights, you will find beauty, you will find dips. you will find, you know, so along the way it is a journey and you must be prepared to walk that road. And people that gain the best success are those that walk the road together. That is, mother and father walking the road with the child. Mm-hmm. Hmm. we found that when the two of them are in sync with the challenge of this child and they walk that road together it's a bit high, there's a higher rate of success hmm. Hmm. so that is, that is what I found in the journey also when we started there's this fact that what does they, what do they know Nigeria about what, it, what can they know
0: hmm.
1: you know it's not in Nigeria is I mean the International community have been doing it for years. They know more. Yes, they know more. But there's something about Nigeria that nobody is talking about. Our family orientation. Yes. Our brokenness Uh of saying, "Eh, eh, I'm not going to allow you to stay like this. Yes. There has to be something better you can do. Then our environment is accepting, Uh it's enriching. There was a, a girl they brought from Canada. I mean, when that girl is in the classroom, she could not sit for one second. Hmm. She would jump and jump and jump, and then she was on the medication from Canada. So we told the parents, let's trail off this medication. Just as a trial, some children don't need medication. Don't get me wrong. Hmm. Let's just trail off this medication and see what she can do. And we trailed it off for some time and we began therapy with her. We put her, that girl could play basketball like woman's business. Wow. We put her in sports. And after about, I think after about two or three years, we took her back to Canada. The people in Canada could not believe it was the same girl that was there a couple of years ago. Hmm. They were amazed at how much progress that young, young lady eventually. Because she came to us as an adolescent, She wasn't a child. I think she was about was in her teens when she came to us. Wow. You know, there's something about our, our country. The first thing you need to do as a parent is where you are taking your child. When what do they have? What have they been? What have they achieved? How have they been able to do? So what we did, talking and going on talking about the journey, is that we decided that yes, we really don't know much about it. So we started bringing people that knew about it to come and train us. So they were coming to train us, but we did not allow them to stay to work with us. We, the Nigerians, did the work. What does that tell you? Our intellectual ability and our ability to retain information, and able to support our children using our cultural practices goes hmm. along. Hmm. Because all the training they gave us, some of them we couldn't use. Because it did not pertain to our culture. It was not culturally inclined. We had to tweak it a little bit. So when they say, Oh, what uh, program do you run? We don't run any program, we run the child's program. That's the, what we run. Wow. run Whatever program that child is able to adapt to, that is what we run. Hmm. Oh,
0: do
1: you we, we use some principles of APA. But well, we don't do fully. We, you don't need to be an KBA specialist to be able to work what with the children. Uh. Because what happens sometimes is that when these children have the ability to go into our facility and they are able to trust, you put the word underlying in capital letter, trust the person they are working with, and the parents are willing to
0: trust the process. It's a process. And it's never ending. There's nobody has the answers to what is it. We are
1: all working together with the children. That child under your care must be your doctor. He's the one that will lead you through the path he wants to walk. So, are you willing to walk that path with him? Are you willing to look deeply and not look at his challenges, but find that strength that that child possesses and then you walk?
0: Wow. wow, thank you so much. This is really, really uh, very, very well for me, really. Because I, I, I get to understand you talking about we're using our own cultural form to work with these children. I uh-huh. yes. is really much. And you talk about um the father, the mother coming together to work together to make this work. I think I would dive into a family orientation. So as a special need therapist that I am You go to a home and you may probably just have to work with the child less than six hours in a week which is still very little and while you are living as a therapist you tell the parents this is what i do this is what i expect you to help me to do but "Oh, please kindly do this while i'm absent so that this will also help the child and you come back and it still look as if you are still on the same spot and obviously they expect you to perform that miracle in one month probably when you start working with your child, and in one month, the child must be talking, the child must, be, must know how to go to the toilet, the child must know how to, you know, all the skills must be complete. But how do we, how, how do we, how do we cope with this? Because knowing fully whether, like you said, you said, we need to have the father, the mother, in fact, almost everybody in the family to get involved in this early transition. Yes. So how do we help this? How do we go about it?
1: Okay. The first thing is that when you go into the home, do you usually have a meeting with the parents? Mm-hmm. Do you ask for their expectations? Mm-hmm. You ask for their expectations. If it cannot be met immediately, if somebody tells you that oh my, I want my child to be able to speak, are you all ready to walk this journey with me? It's not going to be a long journey. It's going to be. It's not going to be a short journey. It's going to be a long journey. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to walk with me? Oh, no. In one month, is to hard ah, you just must back. Mm. I tell them, don't promise what you cannot deliver. Mm. They keep asking us, oh, Mrs. my child comes to Patrick's house. I said, I can never tell you how long. Because opposite. even I don't know how long. Mm. Because it's, there are many factors that, are, that would affect how long. The first factor is acceptance. Mm. Have you accepted that something is wrong? Mm. The second factor is love. Do you love this child enough? To be able to walk this road, it's a, it's a long journey. Very long, man. To walk this road with us, as we are working together with the child, you are, you need to be involved. Are you willing to give your time from time to time? Come and sit in therapy. time we are doing that. Come and see what we do, so that when I'm gone, when I'm not here, you can practice some of these things today. Um. And when they say, oh, I, oh, I'm so busy. That's what you get. And then you say, oh, yes, I'm sacrificing this money that you're asking for. That's what we are going to work for now. We have to work to so be able to pay for this service, which is true. In yeah. a civilized environment, the government takes care of the children with special needs. Yeah. Yes. But in an environment where the typical child has not even two square meals, where the government coming in to support the children, work mm. can help you help this child. Because the end goal, is in the best interest of the child. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. That's why we love what we do. In the best interest of the child. I mean, the little progress you can see on the few times that have come is because of the intensity that have been able, the, the, the consistency and the intensity that i have been able to use to support this child in his area of need. Are you So you sit down with I and which you know, at the beginning have that meeting that's in, and let everybody be there. Let the mother be there, let the father be there. I I I tough my heart to you people that go into the homes. Once, once they say, oh Mrs. happening oh we want to do it. Mm-hmm. Very fast. I mm-hmm. don't I just say We have because in the home you are the speech therapist, you are the radio therapist, yes, you so. are the dad. so you see. But in the center, we have different people doing everything. We have the specialists there, specialists are there. I mean, so for you guys, I love my heart for you because you have to learn all the skills. That's why we do this um, specialist therapy uh, training for the therapists because it's, we know that when you go into the world, you combine all together. It shouldn't be. Uh, but that's the way it is. That's where we find ourselves in the Nigeria of today. So that meeting will be good if everybody is present. We cannot share our views, our expectations are defined and met. We now draw the goal together. This is the goal, this is where we want to And to achieve this goal, we need to so, so and you state what you need to achieve the goal. And then if it's not achieved, then you let them know that it's possible that we will not be able to achieve this goal at this certain time. Mm. We have to to so redefine and reassess the process. Now what do I mean by that? What process did we put in place? How were we delivering uh, the therapy the activities that we are giving to this child? What was this reaction? Was he able to attend? Was his attention intact? How can we build certain you know all those things you need to you know put it in place. Once they see that you know your onions are I'm sure they will, they will know how to How to be able to do? I tell them if you are not involved, the process is longer. And I say something at every point in time. Every time I have the opportunity to speak to parents, time is not our friend at all. Time is not our friend. One hour with the child is not enough. We need fifteen hours with that child, teaching, looking for every teachable moment to spend with that child, because our children have the gift of remembering, of being able to recall some of these things. We need to constantly put it in. Repetition and consistency is the best way to teach our children whatever we want them to learn. So 15 hours in a day is not enough. Every opportunity to teach, give that child an opportunity to learn something. We throw it in through daily living activities, through going to school, through feeding, through sleeping time. Every time. Wow, thank you so much.
0: Hmm. thank you, ma. Thank you, ma. Okay, so my next question is um about um young parents or probably new parents that just getting to know about um their child diagnose, and I've noticed that like we all say, Google is your friend. Google is your friend. Google is your friend. But somehow, I, because I also visit Google to get better at what I do. Let me see how they do it this way. And i noticed that sometimes the information in uh, on google is very very overwhelming and amazingly, yes oh, amazingly you I, I think i met with a a parent sometimes back and i asked how oh, have you assessed your child she said yes she does this. she's does. that 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 means she, that she's autism that she just says she's autistic like that and i was like oh please can i get to see the assessment results too get to know what's going on then it was eventually said no i read it on google i said no that's a very that's a very wrong okay because you read on google that oh, if the child scream the child does not sleep if the child does not have eye contact that means the child is autistic i said that's a very wrong that's a very wrong diagnosis so get a get a proper one so, so what, what, what what will you advise for parents that google is their friend and they get to go to google to go and get their information. And Google will always give you a plus and minus. It will, oh, it will increase yeah. your fear. And sometimes oh. it will help you minimize the problem. It make, make you say, oh, it's not that deep. So what will you yeah. advise to parents that does this all the time? Google, 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 But let me hear from you. There's a
1: of like that help them. But majorly, the first thing that is to have once you get a diagnosis is Make sure you go once you notice something is wrong, not even get a diagnosis. Once you notice something is wrong, go and get a diagnosis. No, no whole, whole therapist can give you a diagnosis. A diagnosis is done by your pediatrician, mm. by your medical doctor. What a therapist and even what we do at Patrick's is assessment of needs. Mm. So there are times that parents cannot get them. Um, Diagnosis, oh they say, oh, I can't find a pediatrician that is ready to give me a diagnosis. So okay, we say okay. What we can do for you while you search for that pediatrician is to give you a set of it. Huh. So we now look at what uh, are you looking at with your child? What what are the challenges? What are you looking at? What's what is what is your worry? So they say oh my child is not talking, my child walks on tiptoes. my child cannot sit for more than one second. So you begin to write down the areas of needs. So for my child is not speaking, you know that you need to uh, do a communication assessment yeah. or a speech assessment. My child is not attending, you, need, you know you need to do a behavior modification assessment to look at where is the child is, and then you now look at the child's attending skills, and you now look at the child's level of um, awareness of his environment, yeah, I mean. you now look at the child's um, sensory needs, look at the child's um, learning style to find out how does he learn? Is he, does he learn um, roots does he, do, does he learn by cramming or roots learning? Or does he learn by activities? Or does he learn from experiences? Does he learn sitting down? Does he learn math Does he learn in the playground? So you have to know what learning style, what you need to put in place for that particular child for you to be able to going to support that child. So you do a needs assessment, mm. and from that needs assessment, you draw up your plan. Oh, we are going to attend to this, this, and this. And your plan must not be too long, it must be short and precise mm. and smart. It must be specific. It must be measurable, it must be obtainable, must be reliable and time-bound. Oh, after about three months, you can sit down and look at it again. Where are we on this on this map? And then we we'll reassess. Oh, See this? This there's, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong. So you, you you find out from that needs assessment. And the first thing, once the, uh, the needs assessment has been done, it's now for you to uh, look for a support group. Mm. Support group is of paramount importance because parents that have worked out before can guide you.
0: that
1: uh. you know, is when you now look at other things. What is the child eating? Oh, and then you now see. Do I need to do uh, a blood test to find out if my child is allergic to any one of the things that we're looking at? So that now gives you another perspective to what other parents are facing when they can get some of the uh, food that they say, oh, my child is allergic to wheat, so does not drink milk. Oh, oh, try almond milk. You say, okay. when do I get almond? That's where parents' support comes into. Where best practices is being practiced, you have gone to a place where they know what they are doing, right? Mm-hmm. You ask for the person in charge. You ask. You are, you are allowed as a parent to ask for the qualification of that person that's going to work with your mm-hmm. child. Very good. Ask for the qualification. If possible, ask for referral. Let's submit if you a parent that he or she has gone and then ask her, ah, how was this person with your child? I'm trying to get her to work with my child. Is it possible? Is it, you know? Have that in place before you now introduce your child into that wow. You sit down, you draw up a plan, and then your man, you must continuously, at every point in time, evaluate those things. They change. Mm. The children change. They get better. Yeah. Sometimes they get worse. Mm. But then you need to find out what happened between this time and this time, what happened, look at it, something happened, like, she wasn't doing this before, what, at what kind of behavior am I seeing, what is it replacing the behavior I changed, what is it replacing it with, you know our children are very good at replacing yes, uh, behavior, yes, yes. if you don't replace it with the right behavior, themselves with the wrong thing, so you need to find out when you are doing behavior change, you need to also be guided with the fact that once I change this, you have to quickly replace it with the appropriate behavior before the child takes uh, a cue and replaces it with another behavior that you don't want to see. So, all these things matter when you are working with a new parent. And then I was somewhere the other day and they asked, they asked me, Mr. Samuel, you have a parent's manual? I said, No, she said, Oh, very important. And then I sat back and thought about it. It's very important. Once you have new parents, give them a manual. Let mm. them read it. Even it's good for our own environment and our own um, society also to look at the parents. Man, it must be, it must be short because you know we don't we don't yeah. like to read Yeah. <laughs> <because laughs> we don't read. Well, it. Yeah. So it's better for you to even have uh, maybe like uh, something they can hang in their uh, uh-huh. wall from time to time. You know, a parents. Man, what to expect when you have a child with autism? What you need to look out for? So
0: these are things that we can also do to support the parents in their places of which. Hmm. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you. So um, you, you you talk about um, a support group. So I think that is where this question will come in. Because obviously, um, well, having a child with special needs is actually a very, very big um, duty. Let me put it that way. So and I've I've been opportune to also meet parents that are very very emotionally overwhelmed, you know, having them. Oh. And what I just want to ask you is, what 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 advice? What would you like to tell parents that are emotionally um, that are emotionally overwhelmed having a child with special needs? The first thing I want to say to them is, it's
1: not a death sentence. It's not an impossible task. The children do well the right uh, direction. If we walk the right road and we give the right support and our expectations are not overwhelming, our children do very well. If we walk with them in their place of strength, they do very well. If we are able to love them unconditionally without judgment, they do very well. Mm. If we are able to accept some of their intricacies, some of, some of the, their what we call the isms, some parents are bothered by their rocky, by their walking on tippy toes. I, I tell parents, it's not, there's nothing uh, wrong with that. It's, it's not the kind of behavior you want to change. You want to change inappropriate behavior, are behavior you? that is not socially acceptable. That's to be your first goal. And the minute you start changing those behaviors, all the other it will fall out. So don't bother yourself about the, the things that are not attainable. Look at the things you can change, start from there and take one day at a time. If you could change this child overnight, my sister, you won't need anybody, do change it. There is yes. absolutely little you can do as a parent. Hmm. So your goal, find what that child can do and enjoy it, and work that job with that child. It is not a death.
0: thank you you so much thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for gracing us with your time thank you for sharing your knowledge with us as well thank you so much i want to say thank you in fact the last the last statement is everything for me it's not a death sentence like it can definitely get better but thank you so much we are grateful myself Snap podcast of my community, we are so grateful to have you around. Thank you so much, ma. God Thank bless you. you. Thank, Thank you for all you do for this podcast. Thank you Have a blessed, blessed day, ma. All right, yeah. God will give you the support. And if you need any help, we'll always here
1: for you.
0: Thank all you, ma. Right? I'm grateful. Thank you so much, ma. Right. God bless you, ma. Yeah. Bye, ma. Bye, Yes, ma. All right. What more do you want to um, listen to? Really, this is, this is one of the best person in Nigeria that have handled um, children with special needs and you could hear. Early intervention is very key. Time is not our friend. If you notice any of the symptoms, if you notice an unusuality with your child, you can get to your pediatrician, get to know what is going on. And when you get that, the journey just began and you can also get help get help, seek help early, look for people that will help you, you know, that's why we are here for you, yes, that's why we are here for you, and you can reach out to us at any time, if you have any question, any worries, anything that you think is important, you can also reach out to us. On our social media page, you can send me a message on my WhatsApp 08036332045 You can also visit my Instagram page at prettymeflower.org. You can also um, send the mail to us at at tossing.com.ng. And I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you so much for staying true. And do have a lovely day.